Somebody asked me, well, well what's, the, what's the theme for 2018? The theme is a new love. That's the theme for 2018. A new love. And that doesn't mean the love that you've had has been the wrong kind of love or the wrong quantity of love. It means to reignite the love that we should have both for the Lord and towards the rest of the world, really, but especially the body of Christ. And I want to just spend some time with you as we look forward to this new year coming up, kind of setting the tone a little bit, because our world needs desperately the love of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. We, we need to be people who are marked by the things that should mark us and not marked by the things that shouldn't mark us. And tonight I want to encourage you, and, and I pray build you up, if you would turn to Second Corinthians, to chapter 2, and I want to begin there, and we're going to be moving around through Scripture tonight in the next 45 minutes or so. Because whether you like it or not, you're going to leave a fragrance wherever you go. Uh, I don't know how many of you, you know, wandered through maybe Nordstrom's or Macy's through the Christmas shopping season uh, as you're wandering through there, but you know, when you walk through, it is impossible if you go through the fragrance section to not come out smelling like something. Amen? You go in there and everybody wants to squirt you with the next new fragrance. It's like, try some of this and wipe that on you. And you, and you leave and, and for like a half a mile walking down the mall, you, you have this fragrance about you that you picked up because you got close to someone. Who have you been close to and what fragrance will you leave behind as you wander through 2018? As we say goodbye to 2017 and we say hello to 2018, I pray that the fragrance change that we get is the fragrance of the love of God. Because I believe that is the one thing that's very attractive to everyone. We want to have correct doctrine. We want to be holy. We want to be righteous. All those things are essential parts of who we are as Christ Jesus. But nothing marks us like the love of God. It's the one thing that there isn't anyone in this room who can't do. You can, you can all love the way the Lord loves. We, we throw around that word so frequently and often in our society and in our world, we, we say the word love, but we, we often mean something other than what the Bible means when we talk about God's love. Because God's love is self-sacrificial. God's love looks at others first. God's love asks nothing in return. And in fact, God's love expects to be maltreated at times. We are to have the fragrance of God's love. And that means we'll endure hardship as a good soldier. That means that we will look at others and say, what can I do to make your life better? That means that as we walk through the world, we leave behind a little bit of who we are, the fragrance of Jesus, that that love should wear off on other people. They should wonder. They should ask. And I watched this happen. We were going through Nordstrom's. And, and, and a lady walked by the fragrance counter and, and someone had just gone through and gotten sprayed with something and she asked the question, what fragrance is that? What a blessing that would be if this year 
people sense something so strongly on you, on me, on us as a church, that they ask, what fragrance is that? Would it be the love of God? Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for tonight. And we pray that you would move in this place. Fill us with your love, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. And now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. And the word triumph here is not what you think it is, more than likely. Uh, many of you know what this word is, but it's actually a word that was used during Roman times for a parade. It's not just a victory. It's the celebration that comes after the victory. And in fact, it was used in the way that Paul is using it here to describe what happened after an enemy was defeated. The enemy combatants were led through the city with all of the treasures before them, and they were, in essence, paraded. Can I tell you that we're on the winning team, and we should absolutely make a spectacle of the enemy? Because we have, in that sense, won the battle in Christ. And so the fragrance that should go before, the spoils of war that should go before, are the things that we've gained in Christ Jesus. We now have love and joy and peace and gentleness and meekness and self-control. We, we now possess a new life in Christ that we did not have. Those things should go before you. They should be visible. You and I should be led in that, we should be in that parade as leading in triumph because Jesus Christ has worked in our lives. And through us, notice this, he switches to the fragrance that should be left behind. Through us, diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. You see, the, the walking of the body of Christ, we who are the church, believers, those who name the name of Jesus, those who possess the love of God, the fragrance that we should leave behind should be diffused. I, I don't know how many of you have those little oil diffusers in your home. You stick the little sticks in the top of them, you put some kind of fragrant oil in there, it makes the whole place smell wonderful. That's the picture. We should be diffusing Christ into the world. We should be diffusing His love into the world. And so for us, for 2018, I want to give you a simple task, a simple calling on your life. So you are so dipped in Jesus that when you go by, someone goes, what's that? What is that? What have you been into that you so reflect the majesty, the glory, and specifically the love of God. You see, Paul's reminding us of the type of life that we should now live because of who we are, because of the victory that's been won for us at the cross of Christ, which we will celebrate towards the end of the time together tonight. For we are to God the fra fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. Would you notice this with me, please? To both believers and unbelievers, we are supposed to be the fragrance of Christ. Now, those who don't know the Lord are going to respond somewhat differently. They're going to kind of look at you. They're maybe going to see you, hear you speak, or they're going to sense the fragrance of Christ, and they're going to go, ooh, I don't really like that. Because they're perishing. You're going to affect a few people negatively by being Christ in this world. 
by, by looking like, talking like, acting like Jesus, there are going to be people who will be offended, but please don't stop. Because they need to know the love of God in order to be saved. And if we won't tell them as a church, if we who've received the grace of God will not share with others the grace of God, if we won't be the love of the Lord in this world, then how will they know? We have to be it. We can't just talk about it anymore. It's time for the church to wake up to the reality that we represent the King of kings and Lord of lords. Not just this church. We represent the Lord of glory. And so where we go, we take Him with us. To the one, the aroma of death leading unto death, and to the other, the aroma of life leading unto life. And then the question, who is sufficient for these things? Look, let's be honest. We are ill-equipped to really truly represent Jesus most of the time. Amen? I don't know about you, but I sometimes mess up. Who's equipped for these things? You are. We are. The church is. We actually are equipped, not because of us, but because of His grace wherein He has saved us. Because of the faith that we now have to walk. As we saw this morning, look, we're walking evidences of the faith that we have in Christ because we do go through the storms of life. Because those things do touch us and affect us, but we come out the other side of those things looking like Jesus. That's what I want for us. I want people here in the South Bay to go, I know where you've been. You've been in the presence of Jesus, haven't you? I want it to be so obvious with us that when people meet us anywhere, it's in line. You're, you're the 19th car at the Torrance In and Out, and somebody should notice beyond the smell of the double doubles, the smell of Jesus. <laughs> Connie and I are absolutely convinced they actually put something in that smokestack because it blows all the way over to our house, and we're like, that's not nice. But wouldn't it be great if the church was so much like the Lord that people said, man, there were just some of those crazy Jesus people. They came from Calvary Chapel South Bay. And they were here a little bit ago. Look at the smile on that guy's face. They were talking to him. That woman was crying. She's now got hope. Because we took the time to be Jesus. You got to go out on a limb sometimes, family. You got to just go for it. Yes, who is sufficient? For we are not, as so many, peddling the word of God. This phrase literally means we're not hucksters. This is not a cheap imitation, this is the real Jesus that we represent. This is the Jesus of the Bible. This is the one who's mighty to save. The one that we sung about. He's the King of kings, the Lord of lords. He's the Lion of the tribe of Judah. He is the great I Am. He's the Redeemer. 
We need to make sure that we don't make Him less than He really is. We need to leave Him majestic in His regal glory so that when people meet us, they get a little glimpse of the glory of God. We don't peddle something. We just simply are something. But as of sincerity, but from God. For we speak these things of God in Christ. And so he, he begins, and, and tonight I want to begin with you by simply reminding you that we have some kind of effect, some kind of fragrance, something we're going to leave behind wherever we go. And it's either going to be the victorious march of those who have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, or it is going to be something else. You're going to leave an effect. I was outside our, our house and my, my two dogs are, well, they're silly and they, they follow me when I go outside and we go check the mail and, and I, I give them, they take in the mail. So I give them pieces of mail and they take it in and they get lots of dog treats for that. But I was out one morning and one of our neighbors was, was asking, how did you teach them how to do that? And I said, I really don't know. They just hang around with me when I go to the mailbox and what I do, they imitate. The same is true for you. If you will hang around with Jesus and follow Him wherever He takes you and leads you, people are going to look and they're going to ask, how did you get like that? I don't know. I just simply hung around with Jesus. It's not that hard. We just hang around with Jesus and love on each other. If you'd flip over to 1 John, John's letter, the first one that he writes to the church, into chapter 4. And I love this because it's a, it's a defining verse for us as the body of Christ. Whoever confesses that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that would be every person who is in here who is a believer. Because you can't be a Christian, you can't be saved without confessing that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That's actually the way that you become saved. So it's a distinctive in that sense. God abides in Him and He in God. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love. And he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. And so a very distinct calling upon us who have believed on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is that we are identified by abiding in, dwelling in, living in God. And the evidence of that is being like him. And it says that God is love. And if we're in him, we're going to be like him. In other words, an unloving church is an unchristlike church, is an ungodlike church. An unloving believer is an unchristlike believer, and that's not okay with God. We're supposed to be as He is. I know you're all sitting there going, Well, what do you mean? 
What I mean is very simple. If we have claimed His grace, if we've laid hold of eternal life, if we are His children, then we should be like Him. And in that sense, we have to be loving. It's who we are. It's how we're actually identified. And so walking through that fragrance aisle, the aisle that's the Jesus aisle, we should smell of eternal life. We should smell of grace. We should smell of faith. We should smell of righteousness. We should smell of good works. We should smell of taking care of the poor. We should smell of loving the unlovable. Anybody got any unlovable people in your life? I think we all do, don't we? You know, your Bible actually says, what good is it to you if you love those who love you? Your love quotient is actually tested when you love people who don't love you. Matter of fact, they don't even like you. Matter of fact, they actually kind of hate you. And you may actually be married to that person. (laughs) Just saying, I've talked to a few couples. I don't even like her. (laughs) That's where the love of God comes in. Only the love of God can fix that issue. It's not going to be going to some class. It's going to be you being like Jesus. You see, love is the fragrance that we wear. So the question becomes, what is it? It's easy to tell the enemy. It's death, destruction, it's sin. It's all the stuff of the world. Connie and I have gotten to a place where we're watching TV, even sporting events, we keep the remotes next to us. It's like, okay, get ready. I think a commercial's coming up. You know, we muted or turned the TV off or something. You know, it's just crazy. The fragrance of death is everywhere. The fragrance of the world is everywhere. What the world needs is a counter to that. In essence, it needs some air freshening with the love of Jesus. I was kind of shocked. I don't know if any of you saw it, but on the National Geographic channel... There is a new movie, it's actually part two of Unbroken, which is the Ernie Zamperini story. And, and the second part actually shows that he gets saved at a Billy Graham crusade. And they showed that on the National Geographic channel. I'm like, praise the Lord. I'm sitting there, I'm like, yes, yes. And then during the, the middle of that part, they show a commercial. It's like, okay, turn that off. That's the world. There's a little bit of Jesus and a whole lot of not good stuff. We need to be more of Jesus so the world can get a fragrant view of our Savior. You know, when you, you walk through the world, you're going to get, you know, those fragrances of you'll reek by, like money by Yves Saint Laurent or something. You know, it's, it's, it's pretty obvious what the world wants to put on you. But we want to put the love of God on. We want to put on good works. 
beauty. You hang around with them, it's going to be unmistakable. You're just going to pick it up. It's what's going to happen. And you know the crazy thing is, is even people who don't know Jesus can tell the real deal. They, they know whether what you're wearing is a, is a knockoff. I, I was in Paraguay in one of my trips down to Brazil. And Paraguay is a free trade zone. And so you go across this bridge from Brazil into, into Paraguay. And, and you can buy virtually anything. And we get across and we're taking this group of Bible college students just on a, on a free day to go see the falls at Iguazu. And we're going to go shopping in Paraguay. And I get over there and I'm, I'm looking, I'm going, those are Ray-Bans. They're four bucks. <laughs> Whoa, check that out. That's a Rolex. It's, it's $40. They actually had some fragrances. Polo was two bucks. You, know, you pay 50 bucks for that at Macy's. You know why? They were knockoffs. Some dude mixed that in his bathtub. <laughs> you know how I knew? I opened the top. It's like, no, nah, that's not Polo. You know how I knew it wasn't a Rolex? Because on the back of the watch it said made in Chine. That's French for China. (laughs) You can spot a knockoff when you know the real thing, right? When we, our FBI, when they train agents in handling counterfeit money, the way they do it is not by actually looking at it so much, it's actually feeling it. It's a texture thing. They can actually tell the difference in the way it feels. So by handling it, you can tell. You don't even have to look at the bill. You can tell by the feel of the paper. You're going to get handled. You're going to get felt. People are going to touch you to see if what you believe is real, to see if the love that you have is real. They're going to challenge the love that you have to make sure that it's real. Because they want the real deal. They, they don't want it adulterated. They don't want it mixed with other things. They, they don't want it, in that sense, made into something that it's not because the real love of God is so unmistakable. But the crazy thing is, and here's, here's the crazy part of all of this, it's us. We're the weird part of this. The Apostle Paul skips a few chapters here in 1 Corinthians and he picks this theme back up in chapter 4 because realistically, it's not about the container. You see those knockoffs that I saw in Paraguay? At first glance, looked exactly like the real thing. The outside of the container, if you will, looked nearly perfect. And in fact, from a few feet away, it was exactly the same. You see, because when people are looking for a deal, they're okay with it not being real. They're willing to buy the knockoff. And so no one gets mistaken about whether the fragrance is real or not 
Here's what Jesus does with it. He sticks it in clay pots. He doesn't put it in a fancy vessel. It's not glazed. It's not gold-plated. It's not beautiful. It's us. It's you. Follow along with me. Verse 7, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. But we have this treasure. That treasure is the love of God that's in you. That treasure is the fragrance of Christ that's in you. That treasure is you and I, it's us. As the bearer of the goodness of the Lord, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Not alabaster, not marble, not carved, made out of good old D-I-R-T dirt. You and me. We have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. You see, no one will mistake the pot for the fragrance. No one's going to look at you and give you glory for what the Lord has done. They're going to give God glory for what He has done because the treasure is in you. It's not you. So anybody can have that kind of treasure. Anybody can be that treasure bearer. Anybody can allow that fragrance to seep out of them. And notice how it happens. And you're not going to necessarily like what follows. For we are hard-pressed on every side, and yet not crushed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. And struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body of the, the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. We're going to celebrate the fact that Jesus died on Calvary's cross. Praise God, the story doesn't end there. Amen. He is very much alive. That the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. You see, it's not about the death, it's about the life. The death was a necessary part to purchase our salvation. But it's about the life that we now have. It's about abiding in the vine. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, and the life that Jesus and, and the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So then death is working in us, but life in you. Since we all have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, Beloved, I therefore I spoke, for we also believe, and therefore speak, knowing that we who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise up with Jesus, and will be present with you. And notice verse 17, For our light affliction, but is for a moment, is working for us a far exceeding and eternal weight of glory. In other words, the way that fragrance gets out of us, is we get broken. The way that happens is that fragrance of Christ comes out of broken clay pots. Ugly jars that no one would actually want the jar, but they will sure want what's inside of us. Because it's Him. And it only comes out when you get put under pressure. 
When you get broken, when I get broken. And it takes pressure to do that. It takes the pot being crushed. When, when you get afflicted, when you go through tough things, people are looking to see what comes out of you. One of the most powerful testimonies you will ever have is what happens to you under pressure. Under affliction. Under a difficult storm as we saw this morning. What's going to happen when that happens? How are you going to respond? What's going to be your response? Is Jesus going to come out or is something else going to come out? I pray that Jesus comes out. And family, all that takes is you allowing yourself to be used. You don't have to manufacture the fragrance. God will do that in you. You just have to be willing to be broken if necessary. Some people, I, I, you know, when I talk to people, it, one of the common themes that I, I have to always tend to is life's not fair. People will come and they say, well, you know, I, I just, you know, I've gotten a bad deal on everything in life. And I have to say, I know. I know. Because life is not fair. And really bad things happen to really good people. And really wonderful things happen to seemingly really not so nice people. And everything in between. The question is not whether life is fair. The question is, will your life represent the king when it's unfair? Will some Jesus spill out of you when the going gets tough? That's when that fragrance comes out most of the time. Some people see that unfairness of life and they decide, well, I'm not even going to be in the, in the process. I, I don't want to go through that. Brothers and sisters, there is nothing more important on this earth than sharing the love of Christ with people. Sometimes we think it's our jobs and our homes and our kids and all that is important. I want to make sure I'm clear here. We, we need to tend to the things of life. But at the, in the end, it's eternal things that matter. Because you're going to take that with you for a whole lot longer than your 70, 80, 90 years, 100 years maybe on this earth. Eternal things are eternal. The fragrance of Christ is eternal. And you say, well, what about my pot? Yeah, it's a tad bleak. God's power is perfected in your weakness. It's that simple. When you are weak, Scripture says He is strong. When you look down this list, it's like, I don't know that I like that one. When we die, it's Christ who lives in us, isn't it? Isn't it? When we lose, when we let go, He wins. You see, these things are contrary to our humanness. Our humanness says, I, I want to win all the time. But Scripture is very clear, when we are weak, He is strong for us. 
You see, these are broken things. You see, if you can let the fragrance out when you're broken, you'll have no problem when things are good. Because when things are going well, I generally go, man, God is good. When I have a tough time is when things are not good. But I've learned to let God break me a little bit and spill some of that fragrance of Jesus out when I'm broken. When we're dependent, that's when we see His power. When we go through times of temptation, that's when we see His triumph. You get the picture? You see, to really be like Jesus, to have that kind of love, is to surrender our weaknesses and say, Lord, you can have my weaknesses. Because what we do in our world is we try and hide our faults and our failures and our weaknesses, don't we? We don't want anybody to see that we're blemished. If you don't believe that, look at the industry we call cosmetics. Oh my. They got stuff, you, if you wanted to cover up, you know, you can... I mean, it's plaster is what it is. <laughs> so I just make me a new face. Just so you know, it did not work. But we care about the vessel. God cares about the treasure that's inside the vessel. And He wants to pour that treasure out. And so every once in a while, your pot's going to get cracked. It's okay. Better a cracked pot that smells like Jesus than a pretty pot that has a bunch of the devil inside. Your love quotient's going to get tested. Because real love does that. Real love actually survives the test. And when you think about it, you know, sometimes we, we look at our lives and it's like, well, what is that? Why is that? Look, we've been commanded by the Lord there in John 13 to love. It's not an option. It's not an option. So if you're a pot full of love and you get broken, what should spill out is love because you're commanded to do that. I know that's a tough task at times because there's some fairly unlovable people. A lot of, lot of do-what-I-say-and-not-what-I-do type folks on this earth. There's a lot of folks that don't reciprocate. They, they don't have agape love. They may have some type of love. They might have some deep friendship. But that real love is hard to come by in the world. But you're supposed to be, we're supposed to be, I'm supposed to be a bearer of the real thing to people. And so that's going to get tested. You're going to have unloving people that God's going to ask you to love. I can be, I, maybe you don't ever show that little bit of serpent that's inside of you, but every once in a while I can hiss. You're getting a little close there. It's like, if you ever see me doing that, just back away slowly. We all have a little of that in us, don't we? It's kind of hidden down in there. 
Is a little bit of that old man still alive? Some people work really hard at being unlovable and unapproachable. But it's our job to try and approach them. It's our job to try and love on them. It's our job to reach out to them. It's our job to say, look, that unlovable person is the one person I'm going to try and love more. It'll drive them crazy anyway. When you love on somebody who doesn't want to be loved on, it may take a while, but eventually they're like, there is something seriously right about you. Because I'm doing everything I can to get rid of you and you won't go away. I'm going to challenge you. Find one unlovable person in your life and you love them to Jesus. Just pick somebody. And say, that's my project for 2018. I'm going to love them until they cannot stand the sight of me because I love them so much. They're going to see me come and say, I don't want to be loved like that. You see, the enemy wants to discourage. The enemy wants to beat you up, beat them up. But we function at our very best when we are loving and when we're unified. Why the Apostle Paul, as he wrote to the church at Ephesus, reminded us there's one Lord, there's one love that we're to have towards one another. It's real simple. We should make sure that we do that. It's what Jesus did for us. Think about the picture of the cross. We're going to be turning our attention to the communion table in just a few minutes. Was there anything that was pointed towards Jesus that was loving in any way, shape, or form? Even his disciples, his own disciples, abandoned him at the cross. Everybody hated on Jesus. And yet, what did he do? He loved us to the uttermost. That's our example. That's what we're supposed to try and emulate. And though there is one body... Uh, practically speaking, there, there's a whole lot of us that, that don't have the same function. And so maybe the person that I'm not very effective at loving, you can, and vice versa. But we have to take it as a task. We have to look at it as something God's called us to do. It doesn't matter whether people are Greeks or Jews or black or white. Hispanic, Asian. It's not about skin color. It's not about language. It's about Christ being glorified in us. And us trying to love people like He loves them. I'm going to give you three reasons for it. And while we do this, I'm going to ask that the communion team come forward and they're going to begin to pass out the elements of communion and maybe you've joined us tonight and you're, you're thinking to yourself, communion, what is that? It's very simple. We're going to celebrate what Jesus did on Calvary's cross for us in His sacrifice. And this time is for those of us who know the Lord, who love the Lord, 
And we invite anyone who is a believer in the room to join us. Communion team will hand out first the bread followed by the cup and I would ask that you just simply hang on to both elements and then we'll partake together. But I want to really encourage you, please, this is for the body of Christ. And so if you don't know the Lord Jesus, tonight's a great night for you to start 2018 by knowing the Savior. And to do that, you need only invite Him into your life, ask Him to forgive your sins, confess that He is God's own Son, He died on Calvary's cross for you, and in forgiving your sin, He's given you eternal life and implanted the Holy Spirit in you. And so you can pray that before the communion elements are partaken of and then join us at the table. But three things that love does is you're receiving first the bread. You see, and I need this one, love covers my faults and my failures. There Peter, as he would write to the church in First Peter 4, said, but the end of all things is at hand. And therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. And above all things, have a fervent love one for another. For love will cover a multitude of sins. One of these three reasons to love is that love covers our faults and covers our failures. It covers our sin. Love is the only thing that covered yours at the cross and it's the only thing that will cover anyone else's ever. And so we need our faults covered by the love of God. And so what we need from God, we should freely give to those that are around us. We can't be hypocrites with the love of God. I, I need my faults covered. A second thing. There, there's no one thing that you can always do that will be right. Save love. Love is never the wrong thing. Even if you're correcting, you can correct in love. Even if you have a word of exhortation, you can exhort in love. If you have an admonition, you can give an admonition in love. If you have to speak about a fault or a problem, you can do so in love. In fact, we are commanded to speak actually the truth in love. But Paul would write to the church at Corinth in 1 Corinthians 13, for love suffers long and is kind. That's long-suffering in love love doesn't envy it doesn't parade itself it's not puffed up doesn't behave rudely doesn't seek its own that type of love is exactly what the world needs it's always the right thing to do so much so that he goes on to say it's not provoked it thinks no evil it doesn't rejoice in other people's iniquity it rejoices in truth it bears all things believes all things hopes all things endures all things and then verse 8, love never fails. It's never the wrong thing. It's always the right thing. It's the right fragrance to wear all the time. 
It's the one that you put on. Those of us a little older, you know, there there was a time when there was like two men's fragrances in the world. And one of them was Old Spice. Remember those old white bottles? It's like everybody, it smells just like my dad. (laughs) It's the one fragrance. Love is the Old Spice of God. It's the one thing that everybody can put on. Except for you ladies, of course. No. No, it's the fragrance that fits every occasion. It's love. And then finally, we, we press on. As Paul would write to the church at Philippi, I don't count myself to apprehend it, but it's one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind. And reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press on towards the goal that prize the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. If God is love, then we press on in love for love's sake to present love to this world. We press on in love. We're going to begin to worship. And as we worship, I want you to begin to pray. First to thank God for the love that He's given you. And then to ask Him to increase the amount of love that you have for other people as we begin this new year. Because that love is what this world needs. And if He needs to break you a little bit to get that love into the world, so be it. If He needs to do some new thing in your life to prepare you to receive more of His love so more of it can be poured out, praise the Lord. But we need to love like He loves. We need to be known for that kind of love. Because the world will know Him by our love.